Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that everything is energy. All every That's everything on the planet is energy. And that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, that energy is one thing. So science is now teaching us this, but it's actually not new science. This science is quantum physics has been over a hundred years old. Um, and now um, um, spiritual wisdom, ancient, ancient wisdom, spiritual wisdom, and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons, and science is now catching up. And like I said, it's not new science, it's something we should all know by now. We should be taught this in school, <laughs> in grade school. Um, today, my guest, uh, my, the show topic today is, is I am teachings with Peter Mount Shasta. Peter, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Caroline. It's a real treat to be here with you. You have such beautiful energy. I can't help but commenting on that. Well, you thank really you. Bring in the Divine Mother, which we all need, you know? Yes. Not just the father or the mother, it's both of them. Exactly. Equally. Yes, exactly. Now, Peter, I would love for you to share your journey of awakening, yeah. your spiritual journey yeah. with our listeners. Yeah, well, I would just like to say, you know, I didn't always believe these things. I, I grew up a real materialist. I grew up in the New York area and uh, went to school with people whose parents owned multinational corporations and some of the people that were heads of state were in our, in my church and all that stuff. And I saw that they weren't happy, but my mother kept pushing me, you know, to, when you graduate from school, then you're going to go to college, get a nine to five job and get married and live in suburbia, and then you'll be happy. <laughs> but I saw my classmates' families that weren't happy doing that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So at some point, I guess I was living in New York City after I graduated from college, and uh, someone said, I wasn't feeling very good living in the city, you know, and someone said, you should try Hatha Yoga. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take a class just for my health, you know, but right away I started feeling energy in my body, and I said, you know, there really is something beyond the physical plane. You know, beyond the body, mm -hmm. and uh, so I kept on with the Hatha Yoga, and then one day I heard Ramdas interviewed on public radio, and mm -hmm. I saw this light hit me in the third eye, you know, in the middle of the forehead, and it came from northern India, and I said, "Gee, maybe I maybe I have a guru over there. I should go." So pretty soon, I mean, I'm I'm shortening the story, and it's all. I wrote about it in my book, Search for the Guru. Okay. But um, I went to India, and lo and behold, I, I connected with Ram Das and met his guru, Paroli mm -hmm. Baba. And I met a lot of very amazing people over there in India. I mean, some of them whose names 
I didn't even know and uh, you know don't have a following, but they could do amazing things. They could precipitate objects out of the air. They knew what I was thinking. Um, I wanted a bowl of spinach. They precipitated a bowl of spinach, and I mean, you know, they could be in two places at one time. All kinds of things, but they none of them really gave me teachings. You know. Okay. And the very strange thing is when I came back from India, I felt like, well, then I was about 27, I guess. Okay. And I felt like I'd lived, I'd try to live the life that was supposed to make you happy, you know, being a playboy and having a Porsche and all that stuff, <laughs> having a lot of money, and it hadn't made me happy. Yeah. And at least in India, I had found that there was a higher world, you know, that there were higher frequencies of being where beings lived in bliss you know so i said why not go there I, I lived with a yogi in the himalayas who was getting ready to leave his body mm -hmm. which he knew consciously and i thought that sounds like a good idea i was then i'd come back to the states and i was camped on a friend's floor in berkeley and i'm um, thinking i really don't want to be here anymore but before i leave i should go pray you know so uh i went out to muir woods which is in marin county near san francisco okay and um it was pouring rain and there was no one else there but i found a hollow tree a big redwood tree that was hollow from the fire mm -hmm. and i got inside the tree to get out of the rain and i prayed uh if there's anybody up there that hears my prayer please answer it. Now, I never had a prayer answered in my life, you know, and I really didn't believe that there was anybody up there that listened to prayers, you know. I, I believed in God at that point as kind of a consciousness, abstract consciousness, you know, but not one that would be aware of me personally and my prayers. But I said, it doesn't hurt to pray anyway. So, uh, you know, I had been a guest at the Theosophical Society in India, and I heard about all these masters. So, you know, I started out, of course, with Jesus and Mary, and then I named Saint Germain and Buddha, and I mean, every being you could think of. And I was doing this meditation called Vipassana, where you just feel the in-breath and the out-breath, but you keep your eyes slightly open. So I was looking down at the ground, Mm -hmm. And suddenly two feet appeared in front of me. Wow. And I looked up and there was this young man wearing jeans and actually had a suede jacket. And, 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 you know, he hadn't walked up. I would have heard the twigs breaking and stuff walking through the forest. Plus, who's going to be out walking in the forest in a suede jacket in the pouring rain, you know? Right, right. But I noticed he was dry. His clothes were not wet. And he knew my name. He said, Peter, I am the part of the Godhead that has been sent to answer your prayer. Oh, and he said, you can leave the earth if you want. You finished enough of your karma that you can leave, and I will help you. But before you give me your answer, I want to show you something. And he touched me on the third eye, took me out of my physical body. Mm -hmm. And I looked back, and there was my body sitting in the tree, 
you know, but then, now I'm in this other body that looked just like the physical body. But he put his arm around me and he took me off the earth. Okay. And we went to this plane above the earth where beings existed as balls of light. Right. Emanating beautiful rainbow colors. Like, I think I have a picture. Like, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah. That's a painting by this guy, Amorea. And, um, he shows the physical body at the bottom. Then there's your like soul body. Okay. And then there's your I am presence, or that's like your God self. You know, yes. in India they call that the Atman. That's the back of my new book. I am the God. Oh. Anyway, oh. Mm -hmm. um, so beings existed as that ball of light emanating these rainbow colors, and the feeling there was just such bliss. I said, "This is it. This is where I want to stay." Mm -hmm. And um, then I started to hear somebody, some crying. And it started out very faint, but it got louder. And then I looked to see where this was coming from. And I saw it was coming from Earth, which was a blue ball beneath my feet. You know, maybe the size of a tennis ball or right. basketball, I guess. And he said it, it, it was very disturbing. It really affected my, my feelings. and. He said, this is what the masters hear all the time. That is the suffering of humanity. Mm -hmm. It was just an incessant wailing. And I, I, I didn't, without, without thinking, I just said, I have to go back. My heart just went out. I said, I have to go back and help. Yes. And he smiled and he said, you made the right choice. Um, now we'll be working closely together, but you need training. Right. And he said, I want you to go to Mount Shasta. And the first, the first person you meet there will tell you what to do next. Oh. And then the next thing I know, I was back in Muir Woods in my physical body. Mm -hmm. And this stranger was standing in front of me. And of course, then I realized this was not some ordinary guy, you know. <laughs> right. So he said, now I'll show you who I really am. And he took a few steps back and he changed into this master wearing a white robe. Okay. Like this. This is what he looked like. Okay. Wow. That's the master Saint Germain. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's in the front of Unveiled Mysteries. So, and I recognized his picture from the book at the Theosophical Society, Unveiled Mysteries. Mm -hmm. So, then he just faded out like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, just disappeared. Uh -huh. And I felt like I'd been hit by lightning. I was so energized. I went out, got in my car. There were still no cars in the parking lot. This was like nine o'clock in the morning at Muir Woods. Right. But, you know, with the rain and everything, nobody was there. And I drove straight to Mount Shasta and I went into a breakfast place and you know, I had long hair then, and I was wearing, you know, the white clothes like they wear in India, mm -hmm. and sandals, and, you know, I had beads around my neck, you know, and um, there was a sign in the door that said, no hippies allowed. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I didn't what consider what year, myself. What, what year was this? That was 73. 73, okay. This was a, a real logging town, you know. Yes. You know, it was like out of that film, Easy Rider or something. Okay. And I walked into that place. People stared at me. I thought someone was going to 
beat me up or throw me out there. But the waitress was very smart. She said, there's a seat at the counter. Why don't you sit down and I'll bring you some breakfast. So I sat down and then people ignored me. But this young guy came up to me and he said, uh, he owned the local health food store. And he said, come over after you're finished breakfast. So I went over to his store and he said, you need to meet this lady by the name of Pearl. And uh, I said, well, I don't know who that is, but I was told to do whatever the first person told me to do. So I'll call her. And he let me use his phone. Right. And um, Pearl said, come right up. So I went to her house, which was a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. And here's this sweet lady, looked like Yoda, you know, mm-hmm. grandmother type, you know, 65 or something like that. Yes. And she said, well, come in, dear. I've been expecting you. Wow. That's and how can you be expecting me? She said, the Master St. Germain came to me this morning and said he was sending you. Mm. So I told her my story of how I got there. And she said, who do you think that was? And of course, she had that picture of St. Germain there. I said, that was him. Yes. St. Germain, you know. And then she said, um, would you like to meditate? And I said, sure. Um, And I was going to sit on the floor in lotus position and close my eyes, you know. Mm -hmm. And and she said, you don't need to sit on the floor to meditate or close your eyes. And I said, really? And she said, just turn your attention inward to the center of your being. And I thought, okay. And she did the same thing. We kept our eyes open. Mm-hmm. And she said, just feel that sun in your heart and say, I am the living light. And, or I am the presence of God blessing you. And she said the same thing, but silently. Right. So like the sun in her heart was radiating to my heart. The sun in my heart was radiating to her heart. And it's like she almost disappeared, like sort of became transparent and the whole room filled with this light wow you know and she said say inwardly i am the living light when i said that the whole room lit up you know mm-hmm. and i said wow at last that's what people mean when they say have you seen the light there is actually light that you can yes. call forth you know yes. and i thought isn't this interesting i've spent two years going back and forth to india I've met some of the greatest saints that are living, and not one of them told me this. Mm, interesting. You know, there yeah. was one, a woman I met. It's interesting. It was, again, a woman, Ananda May Ma. She was uh, a friend of Yogananda, mm-hmm. and she did the same thing. I met her on the street, and she looked at me, and she did this, you know, namaste, but yes. she wasn't just saying it. I knew she was seeing God. Mm. And she transmitted from her heart something to my heart. And I went home for the next three days. I meditated on my heart. I said, I want to see and feel what she's seeing and feeling. You know? Yes. So these are two women without, one in the street, one with Pearl in her living room, mm-hmm. transmitted that consciousness of the it's not just the divine light but the love that surrounds that light yes you know 
And that's the divine mother that makes that possible. And now, and I feel you have that too, Caroline, that ability. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what, you know, it's not just, you know, learning mantras or, you know, I love the Advaita, which is the oneness. You have to bring that, that has to be combined with the love, you know? Yes. Yes. So the goal is not just to escape duality. I mean, it's, it, you have to acknowledge that there, there is something else there mm-hmm. and feel love for it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. You know, like uh, India, there's the story of Rama and Hanuman. At the end, Rama, who's the avatar, you know, an incarnate God being, and yes. he's to Rama, I will make you one with me, that you will be completely in the oneness absorbed in the universe, you know? Yes, yes. And Hanuman says, no, then there's nobody to love. Mm. I want to stay as Hanuman, then I can love you, you know? Mm. Interesting. Which I think is very beautiful. Yes, I understand, I get you. And I, for me, oneness is, I know in this world, it, we, we live in a dualistic world, physically, our yeah. physical avatar, yeah. Or I like to call this a space suit avatar. Uh, uh, someone I've heard call it a people suit. We we are not our suit, but and we are it, to experience this reality. It is dual. I mean, it is dualistic. It is. There's a tree out there. I'm looking at my table in front of me. All of these things appear separate from our limited human suit our limited avatar perspective, because everything I I believe in, science has already backed up. When I talk about our limited human self, science has already proven that the human five senses are extremely limited, that the human, with our five senses, we can roughly perceive about, 0.0035% 0.0035% of what is actually around mm-hmm. us because scientific equipment can perceive things that we can't. Even animals, dogs can hear much higher frequency than we can hear. So when I say for me, what, how I understand oneness is, I understand that nothing is truly separate from me, but with my limited perception, my limited human perception, it appears separate. But I know in my heart and soul, because now I look at everything from the spiritual perspective. So from the spiritual perspective, I know it's not separate. So when I look at another person, I know that person, they appear to be separate from me, but I know they're not. So I have nothing but love and compassion for them because I know they're a part of me. Great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I could go into the oneness and then there's no Peter, there's no Caroline, there's no internet, and there's no audience. Right. You know, but we agreed to play this game where we are separate beings, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all part of this movie, which we can enjoy. Yes, exactly. I love that. I love yeah. it. I think of it as a game that we, from spirit, yeah. we agree and we, we made soul agreements. 
that and we choose our parents from a spiritual perspective and we made soul agreements with everybody we encounter we have a soul agreement you know right. i'm going to meet you here at this time and it's not linear it's not we think as humans we think of everything as linear in a straight line when you look at our soul plan it looks like a spider web you know it's not a, a straight line you know mm -hmm. you have the free will to turn left or right and in truth as multi-dimensional beings we do both and when we turn left we experience one thing when we turn right we experience another thing so it's yeah yeah the way i think is you know we were gods at one time and we were in bliss for maybe a million years or so mm -hmm. and we said you know this is getting a little boring <laughs> let's watch a video you know yeah. Yeah, let's make it. Let's create yeah. a movie. So, so we created this virtual reality. Yes. You know? yes. And said, let's be characters in our own movie. We'll forget who we are. We'll pretend this 3D is real, but that's mm -hmm. the reality. Right. You know, now we're just sort of act, acting it out. But as we awaken to the oneness, that's the beauty is we we remember who we are, but we're still aware of the movie, too. Exactly. Know? Exactly. I like That's to think, like, if you're in a movie theater and it's a really good movie, you get sucked in and you start to feel you're in the movie, you know? Exactly. But then, you feel all those emotions. When you're watching a movie, like you said, and you're really engaged, you feel all those emotions that are these characters are feeling on, on the screen. And, yeah. But you know, it's... It's just a movie on the screen. But that I, I consider when we awaken in the, the dream of our own creation or the movie of our own creation, it's like awakening in a dream that you're having at night, meaning you know, yeah. wait a second, I'm dreaming. So now I have more choice because yeah. I'm dreaming and I can decide to do what I want to do in this dream. So I, yeah. I believe when we awake in the dream of our creation, yeah. We just have more freedom to be who we who we yeah. are inside. Like my my daughter uh, said when she was very young, she said uh, she had a dream and she looked at the clothing she was wearing and she didn't like it, so she changed it in the dream. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like okay, yeah, I think I'll oh yeah, because when you have yeah. they call that lucid dreaming. Yeah. When you have a lucid dream and you know I'm dreaming, you take more control of the dream. Uh -huh. Conscious control. I remember when I was about seven years old, my mother took me and my friends to see the movie Star Wars. Okay. Not Star Wars, no, War of the Worlds. That was it. Okay. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it terrifies, you know, when you're seven years old, you know, it's about the earth being destroyed by these aliens and stuff. It was very scary, and some of my friends were like hiding behind the seats and stuff. Yeah. And um, it, some, it, it seemed totally real, like we were right there. Yes. But at some point, I turned around in my seat, and I looked like over my shoulder, uh -huh. and I oh, there's a projector up there. Exactly. And there's a beam of light coming through the projector. Exactly. And there's just a film strip in front of the light, and it makes this image that looks real. And it got, it seems so real, I was like uh, trembling, you know? Exactly. Well, you, you see that what, light, yeah. What you just said is a perfect analogy to mm. what's happening. Mm. We, most of the people, we're in a, this film 
studio, in this yeah. um, theater. Yeah. And we're watching the outer world of our own creation, but thinking yeah. it's real. When, mm -hmm. But when we turn around and focus on the light, the light is what's real and the light is inside yeah. of us. I yeah. love that analogy. Yeah. Yes. So people need to realize when they look at the news, you know, on TV or on whatever it is, some story on Facebook, that's just somebody's uh, dream that they're putting up there, you know? Yes, yes. And it may be 10% real, it might be 50% real. We don't know, but it's not worth losing your peace and your happiness over, you know? Exactly, exactly. Well, that's why I actually, I have not watched news since two, <laughs> September of 2011. Actually, oh. Yeah, well, we're in October now, but yeah. it was uh, towards the end of September of 2011 because, you know, there was 9-11 in early yeah. part of September that yeah. year. And after 9-11, there was nothing on television. I was never a big news watcher from the beginning, but after 9-11, there was nothing on but news. And I was in my bedroom and the news was on in the background and I was mm -hmm. tidying up my bedroom mm -hmm. and I... I I didn't hear it audibly, it was inside. A few mm. times in my life I have gotten direct instruction mm. and guidance from inside my heart. And mm. my heart, my soul, my higher self was telling me, turn off that news and never turn it back on. And <laughs> I was at that time, this is 2000 and, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying 2011, 2001. <laughs> right, right. I, put, I put it up to, to 2001, 9-11 happened, 2001. Yes, and in 2001, I got a directive from my higher self, clear and loud, turn off that news and don't ever turn it back on. And I was be bewildered because I had not awakened to the truth of oneness at that time. And I was yeah. very be bewildered. And I, I even said aloud, why? And I, I didn't get an answer to that why, but I was obedient to that directive. Yeah. I went over to the TV, television, I turned off the news, and I have never watched news since. Okay. Now, people say, well, how do you know what's going on? I know everything that's going on in the world, and I don't have to watch the news to see it. <laughs> but I, it was many years later, uh, I, was, I understood why. And the why was because everything is vibration, and that news was spilling out all this negative low vibration, and the more you listen to it, it'll hold down your own, like you were just saying, it'll take away your peace, it'll take away your joy, it will lower your vibration. And spirit wanted me to start raising my vibration, so that's why spirit said, turn it off, don't ever turn it back on, and now I know why. <laughs> You're making your own news now. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I know what's going on in the world. I mean, first of all, you just turn on the internet and you see the headlines pop up, but I don't have to engage in them and I don't have to have, the, you know, the, the anchors, the newest anchors always, because there's so, there's much, as much or not, not more good news to share on the news that is not shared, all they want. And I remember I studied journalism. It was uh. like, if it bleeds, it bleeds. <laughs> That was, I'm serious. Anybody that took a journalism class would tell you, if it bleeds, it leaves. So the goriest, they look for the goriest, the worst news to put in your face because they want, it's almost, it's a deliberate effort 
to keep our vibration low. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, no matter what's going on, I call on Jesus and Mary and Archangel Michael to, mm -hmm. to go above the capital of the United States and above the White House and shine their light and guidance down. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Then if you quickly turn on the news to see what the effect is, then that's going to break that energy. You just have to hold that focus, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Is and there... I do believe, mm. I believe right now the earth is going through mm. a great consciousness as the humanity and Mother Earth, Gaia, who is a living being, is raising in consciousness from all the the light that is being sent to this to the world right now. I just I hear that from all the I listen to a lot of channel messages and I hear that from every channel message that I listen to that right now they're just they're sending the world so much light to raise their vibration so we can actually transfer transfer from being a third dimension to actually being a fifth dimension. And the fourth dimension is that bridge in between the two. Mm -hmm. I look at it as frequencies more than dimensions, you know, mm -hmm. that it's like, like right now there's maybe a million other radio stations or websites that are in the air right around us. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But we only are tuned into the one that we're tuned into right now. Exactly. The are there, and we can shift consciously in that that frequency. You know. Yes. Well, I agree too, because for me, frequency and dimensions kind of go hand in hand. The higher yeah. our frequency, the yeah. higher reality we yeah, will exactly. experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Yeah. So I I love it when that's why I was inspired to launch this show because yeah. I love having these conversations with right. people who are awakening and who are awake to the greater reality mm -hmm. and to who we truly are as mm. divine souls, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think the message of St. Germain is to really empower people to just what you're saying now about how we're creating our own reality and that we need to do that consciously, you know? Exactly. And that's why he had me write this book, I Am the Violet Tara, mm -hmm. because, you know, you go, well, who's the Violet Tara? She's not a woman that was born like in New Jersey or the Himalayas or something. Right. There's an aspect of consciousness. There's a green Tara, a red Tara, a white Tara, a black Tara, and who knows what other gold Tara maybe, I don't know. So. But this is one aspect. So you can choose what energy you want to be and to create, you know? So, and then people are making demons too, you know? They'll oh, pick yeah. some political figure and say, that's, that's a demon. And they, if they dwell on that all day, mm -hmm. they're giving power to that being. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes, yes. So we have a choice every moment. What do we want to create, you know? Right. If you go around and see people that that could be a CIA agent or the government spying on me or whatever, then that's the reality you're creating. 
But if you say everybody is a god or goddess, then that's your reality. Right. Also, I, I always use the yin and yang symbol as mm. the, I want people to understand when you look at the yin and yang symbol, the mm. dark, the black and the white are actually equal. Mm. And that's the symbol of God. So yes, we, we, we create what we're focusing on and we can be focused on lower vibration, but that's still an aspect of God. Even those people that are creating that lower vibration reality, it's all vibration, it's all frequency, and it's all God. So when, we, when we're awake, we, should, we understand it's all God so we don't put a, a label on it. I, I know I'm, I want to focus on high vibration. I want to focus on a high frequency. That's my choice. But those right. other people that feel like they want to focus on a lower vibration, they're still God. They're still yeah. divine beings, but they choose to focus in a different, different vibration. And when we, when we judge it is when we forget. When we yeah. put a label, bad, good, evil, God, you know, when we put those labels on things, it's, we've forgotten that that is still a part of us and it's all one with God. That's great. You know, there's a, a great story in India that comes from the Vedas. You know, Rama was one of these great beings, Rama and Krishna, that came to earth to teach mm -hmm. the Dharma. The Dharma is like the divine law or the principle of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But people don't know what that is unless there's the lack of righteousness, you know? Exactly. So yes. people don't know what good is unless there's evil, too. Yes. And so there's this story that all the gods were meeting before they incarnated on earth mm -hmm. and they said uh we're this being rama is going to go to earth to teach people what goodness is and love and enlightenment but we need someone to be the bad guy yes and nobody wanted to play that role finally there was a being who was the equal of rama like rama's brother yes and he said i will go and play the bad guy Yes. So he became Ravana, who was the demon that stole Rama's wife, Sita, mm -hmm. and took her to Sri Lanka. Then Rama had to go get her back and wage this war. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose of it was to really teach humanity about good and evil, right and wrong, dharma and adharma, and things like that. Yes. But that that couldn't have taken place you know in in the movie you need good guys and bad guys to make it exciting and interesting exactly it's all a movie of our mm -hmm. own creation and just like you said that is, i'm so glad you just said that because i get the question about what about hitler all the time <laughs> yeah. and and i i've been told and i i kind of agree with this that hitler was a highly evolved being to yeah. choose the role that he chose so, yes, very, very true. It's funny you mentioned Hitler. I was in Germany a long time ago in the Black Forest. And, you know, we're always told, oh, Hitler must be burning in hell and flames and just being tormented and all that. Well, I saw him. He was wearing a white robe and he was like in school, like in a university or something. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't being tortured or anything. Right. He said, I had the dream of a master race, you know, mm -hmm. a race of enlightened people. But he said, I, my mistake was I tried to make it earthly, physical, 
a, a physical race, you know? Right. He said it has to be done spiritually. There has to be, he said, I dreamt of a race of masters would be mm -hmm. like a race of enlightened beings right. that would help bring order to, to the earth, you know? Mm-hmm, yes. So uh, I saw that, that it was, you know, he was just one being volunteered for that role. Exactly. And, you know, provided a lesson and everything. But um, yes. anyway, he wasn't, the masters didn't consider him to be evil the way we do. You know? Exactly. Well, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Conversations with God books written by or channeled by through Neil Donald Walsh. Oh, yeah. He lives up here in Ashland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not far from you. Well, he and I, I worked with his organization called Humanities Team for a while, and I, I, I've had a show with him and yeah. met him through that way. But um, in the first book, uh, first book one of Conversations with God, it says in chapter one, it says Hitler went to heaven and the understanding of this, you will yeah. understand the whole teachings of this book. Meaning, wow. first of all, when Hitler went to heaven because all there is is heaven. There is a, no such thing as hell. And, yeah. and um, because like you said, the, 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 all, that, all that is, which is my term for God, all yeah. that is, has no judgment of, of anyone because God, God knows that all of it, every being is a part of him. Uh -huh. So there was, there is no judgment for Hitler in the spiritual realm because he took on that role. And like I said, some people say that he had to be a highly evolved spirit to take on that role. Like in the story you were just saying about the story you just shared, um, the Vedic story, which mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with. But um, like you said, the one that chose to be the light, it was his mm -hmm. brother Mm -hmm. who was equal to him that chose to be the dark. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember back during the Watergate hearings, you know, when Nixon was, was on trial. Mm -hmm. And um, one day in meditation, it occurred to me to, set, to, to pray for Nixon. Mm. And I said, God bless Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it's just like he shot through the wall. And he was standing there in front of me. I mean, this was just out of the blue. I don't usually have these kind of experiences. Right. And he said, thank you so much. I am so grateful to you. It seems like the whole world is against me. Right. Yeah. And I saw that in his heart, that Christ light was there too, even though he did bad things. Exactly. You know, that he was still a God being just yes. you know playing his role in the playing movie. role yes yeah, exactly. yes and those are, there's a uh, also neil donald walsh wrote uh several children's books and there's mm. a, a, a children's book called the soul in the sun the oh. soul in the sun that's a children's book that explains exactly that that when we're in spirit mm. and we decide to come back to earth we'll ask another being another soul will you be mean to me Will oh. you, and, and then at first, like, oh, I don't want to be mean to you, but you want somebody to be mean to you in your play, in your, in your movie you're creating, and it also to help wake you up so you mm. can remember who you are, because it's those tragic um, mm. 
challenges in our life that mm -hmm. inspire us to awaken. Yeah. So we need someone to play the villain so to help encourage us to awaken. You know, it's interesting because um, about, well, four months ago, my mother, who passed on in 99, 2000, I guess, 19 <laughs> years ago, Right. Uh, she appeared to me. I had taken a nap in the afternoon, you know, like a 10 minute nap. And I right. woke up and I felt her energy there, but she was way more loving than she'd been in real life. Mm -hmm. And I could see her standing there. She was about 35, looking beautiful. Yes. And I said, Mom, what are you doing here? And she said, I was sent here to contact you by St. Germain. Mm -hmm. And he would like me to go to a higher level, but I can't go until you forgive me. Ah. And I said, I did forgive you. See, when I helped her the last year of her life, she lived with me mm -hmm. and I helped her make the transition. She had a beautiful transition, painless and just went in her sleep, you know, but yes. where she went, we had some talks and I said, I forgive you for everything. And she said, I forgive you and all these things. Yeah. You know? But those were words. There were still wounds in my heart. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And yes. I, was not, I was not aware of those wounds. And I see a lot of the people going around shouting in the streets and writing these horrible things online are acting out of those wounds that they're not aware of. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So for the next few months, I looked at those wounds, and it's painful. Nobody likes to go into pain. Yes. But I realized those, those wounds were affecting me on a mm -hmm. daily basis that I wasn't aware of. So I finally cleared those. You know, I looked at what had made my mother the way she was, what her parents did to her, mm -hmm. you know, and what their parents did to them, and way, way back, you know. Right. So then there was no no personal blame anymore and it helped heal us things and then about a month ago she appeared to me again mm -hmm. and coming from that higher level where she seemed like she had ascended yes you know and she said thank you i made it and i saw that if i had not been able to clear that we would have had to reincarnate again and 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 clear it there. Yeah, you're absolutely Maybe right. I would have been her mother, and she would have been. You know, I don't know, but we would have had to embody again and work on clearing it. But I cleared it in this lifetime. So yes, you're so true. They're so true. Um, I also like to to mm -hmm. um, share on the show that we are creating our own reality. Meaning you don't remember from spirit, but you asked your mom to do everything she did from the spiritual realm mm -hmm. every we there is no pointing outward there is no blame mm -hmm. anytime we come in, encountered with another you chose your mom before yeah. you were born yeah. and and she did exactly what you asked her to do in the spirit to help wake you up mm -hmm. and i know that sounds so hard for us to perceive from the human level matter mm -hmm. of fact there was a, a story that was shared by uh, robert schwartz who wrote the, the um, book, Your Soul's Plan, uh -huh. Your Soul's Gift. Um, there was a mom that was in hospice mm -hmm. uh, who was dying. She only had a few more days to live. And so the hospice care people called her daughter. Her daughter came, um, but her daughter was holding so much animosity towards her 
So as soon as her daughter goes into the room, she's like, mom, you were a horrible mom. You did blah, 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 blah. Now, when the mother, because the mother is close to transitioning, she's closer, she's, she's getting and she can, you can see she's in, she has one foot in the spirit world and one foot here. So she, and then she says to her daughter, I only did what you asked me to do. Oh, wow, yes. that's profound. Yes, it is yeah. so true. The mm. people we think are the most horrible people in our life, those people are only doing what we ask them to do because mm -hmm. we are sovereign beings. Nothing can happen to us without mm -hmm. our soul consent. Yeah. We most of the times are asking those people to do what they're doing. And I know from human perspective, we don't get that at all. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I look at everything from the soul perspective and I get it. There's Great. no one to blame anything on. It's Did you ever us. read the Carlos Castaneda books? No, I haven't. Oh, you might love them. The first three, especially, The Teachings of Don Juan. Then there were two other books after that. Okay. And in, in, in one of them, he says, if you want to make spiritual growth, apprentice yourself to a petty tyrant. Mm. You know, okay. find someone, make them your, you know, like get a job, work for them, make them your boss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody that's going to push all your buttons. Yes. And you have to stay with them until they don't push those buttons anymore. Exactly. Exactly. That's the way to become master. Yeah. Yes. Because when you are truly awakened to that fact that, okay, I'm creating this reality. Nothing mm -hmm. can happen to me that I have not agreed to. Then it's like, wait a second. I can't blame another person. I asked them to do that. It's all me, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes, yes. That's very interesting. Yes. Tell me, Carolyn, have, have you had contact with your son uh, since? Oh, oh lots of contact with him. Um, I, I'm in First of all, he's the co-host of the show. He told me that. I feel him. I felt him standing behind you just a few yes. minutes. Yes, he told me, and I was gifted a reading by one of my guests in the first year or second year. Done, I started the show in March of 2015. Um, and the second year of my show, I, I said to myself when my son transitioned, I want to have a, a, a medium reading, but I'm not going to look for one. And after yeah. when I started my show, I didn't know who I was going to have on as a guest. Yeah. And But I was recommended an evidential medium by the name of Suzanne Giesman. And after I, I recorded a show with her, I knew she was the one I wanted. And she actually gifted me a reading on my son's birthday that year in 2016. Mm -hmm. And he, he actually... I had never heard of EVP, electronic voice phenomena, never heard of it, but he actually was trying to speak. We were doing a reading through Zoom and he was trying to speak to her computer. Now she had, she knew what EVP was, but she had done hundreds and hundreds of readings. She had never mm. experienced EVP. Mm. So we actually have his voice on tape from that oh. reading. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. And now um, another good friend of mine, Sonia Rinaldi, who is a Brazilian researcher. Mm -hmm. She's been researching with EVP and it's called ITC um, also. And she actually, um, she's been doing this for over 30 years. She actually has several images of my mm -hmm. son, spirit, and a video 
of my son from spirit. So yeah. I've had lots of contact with him through mediums like like yeah. Suzanne and yeah. and Sonia, but I also feel him every day. Um, so he had said in that first reading that mom, I'm very proud of you, what you're doing with the show, and I'm your co-host. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. That's beautiful. So yes, yes, that's why. I know that he's not gone. I know he's right here. He's in a dimension where I can't see him with his my physical body, but I know he's right here. And I, I talk to him all the time. And he, he, I, he talks back too. I know what he's saying. It's a lot of times when I say something, I hear it like I like when I heard the, um, my higher self told me to shut off that television. I hear it the same way. I hear mm. it in my heart and I know that it's him. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. I mean, that's beautiful. You're getting that contact. Um, so many people, oh, they come to Mount Shasta and they get misled by psychics, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people coming here and, you know, they spend $1,000 or 2000 to come to Mount Shasta, stay in a motel and and then you know they, nothing dramatic happens you know mm-hmm. right i get maybe you. they get some kind of subtle guidance or feeling but they want something more and then they'll go spend three hundred dollars on a reading that gives them all kinds of information you know <laughs> right and there may only be 10 percent of that that's accurate you know right 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 or maybe even none of it but um saint germain keeps stressing that we should really try to find the guidance in our own heart you know and when i went to see pearl she said saint germain is is giving you guidance and i said well i don't hear him i don't hear anything she said he's transmitting it directly to your higher self so when the time arrives when you have to act you will spontaneously do the right thing but you will perceive it as intuition yes you know exactly the mind the mind and the ego are so connected and they want certainty you know i want to know certainly now if if the saint germain gave me every morning like an itinerary what i have to do for the day yes or if like sunday night he gave me the plan for the coming week there's no way i could do all of that you know right, right. like i'm going to walk into the post office at a certain minute, and I'm going to meet this person that was looking for me. Right. You know, well, I, I'd be all stressed out. What if there's a traffic jam, or what if I have <laughs> to stop, you know? But it just happens naturally that we all get there just at the right time, you know? Everything happens in perfect divine timing yeah, because yeah. there yeah. is no time. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Einstein said it in the 1950s. Time uh-huh. is merely an illusion, albeit uh, a persistent one. Now, again, I always refer, refer back to science. I do that because that's what science is what woke me up. And I also do that with people who are so skeptical. I'm like, science has proven that. So science has proven there is no time. And there is no time. The only time is now. But I encourage everyone to go within. 
for your answers. We look outside. I don't go to mediums. I don't need to go to a medium. I just, I, I've only come in contact with them because of my show. But, um, and like I said, my first mediumship reading was gifted to me. Then my second mediumship reading was gifted to me. I've only paid for one and I only paid $40. So, and actually to be honest, the one I paid for was the least um, impressive to me. So I wouldn't, I don't encourage anybody to go for readings. I encourage people to go into meditation, quiet the monkey mind, Mm -hmm. focus on your breath and go within and ask your higher self those questions, not a medium. That I, that I, because the answers are all within you. And yeah. you don't have to worry, because also in every now moment, we have exactly what we need. So if you're <laughs> supposed to meet someone at the post office, you're gonna be there at the exact right time because yeah. it's gonna be in that now moment where you meet yeah. the person. Every morning I wake up, before I even get up, I'm lying here and I, I look up at my God presence above me and say, I am the great divine director of this day. Exactly. You know, and it's just, if I don't feel you, whatever, just make sure that everything flows according to the divine plan. And then when I'm driving around or I'm walking down the street, I am God directed, God commanded. I am going where I'm meant to go and I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Exactly, and you are. Perfectly, yeah. You are, you are. Just, you know, just your focus, because where we put our focus is where energy goes. And so you're focusing on that, and that's what's going to happen. But in truth, that happens to each of us, even if we're not focused, because we're not, when we're not focused on it, it's happening unconsciously. So, yeah. but it's still happening. It's still happening. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know we, we only have a few minutes left. I just like to, stress what the I am is actually if please, I may. please and don't worry yeah. about time it's my oh. show <laughs> <laughs> and there's no time anyway right and there is that <laughs> exactly yes you would have been upset if I hadn't been here at two o'clock <laughs> no I would not no I honestly I live the truth of it yes. all happens in perfect divine yeah. timing I've yeah. had a guest uh, I've had one guest when I was even doing a live show I don't do live anymore but when I started out I was doing a live show I had a, a guest not show up she she was in Australia and she yeah. overslept she oh. probably, yeah Siri because you know there's a big time it was Friday night for me and Thursday morning for her. Oh and she totally overslept. I was doing a live show and she oh. didn't show up. And I, it didn't upset me at all because everything happens in perfect divine order. Good, good. So share, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was in India, you know, I, Sai Baba did all kinds of miracles for me. And just before I left, I thought, you know, I never really asked him what I should, how I should meditate. I was telling him, I want a mantra, I want this, I want that. And he'd give me everything I asked for. And then I finally gave him this note. And I said, what should I meditate on? Someone handed me this book, like right away, it said, it was the impersonal life. And I opened it up and it said, underlined, it said, meditate on I am. So I knew that was my message from Sai Baba, but I didn't get it. I, nothing happened when I meditated on I am. 
Then I realized you have to find out who the I is first. Mm. So yes. I said, I am being shown, like, who am I? You know, which is the question Ramana Maharshi asked, who are you? Not your name or your job or how old you are. Who is the I, you know, within you? Like if I say, who are you? You don't point like here to your shoulder, you point right here. Yes. So go in to the center of your being and just meditate on I and follow that back. And it takes you inward and upward to the I am presence. And in the center of that, you realize the God consciousness, the oneness, the timelessness, and the bliss yes. of, of the mind of God. Then when you say am, that comes out from the heart. You're bringing that light down and you're releasing it out. I think of that as the dual activity of the father mother, you know? Yes. Because the light has warmth. You know, if you stand around a fire, it gives off light, but it also gives off warmth. Yes. That's the father mother God, you know? Mm -hmm. So yes. when you say I, that's kind of the father oneness conscious. Then when you say am, is the love that brings everything into being. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you're saying I am, that's the dual creative father, mother, God in action. You know, so whatever comes after I am is what you're creating. Yes. Very, very true. That's very, very true because what's the it's know thyself. And I can't remember who actually said that originally. But I that's the no <laughs> no who said it? Jesus said it, I think. Jesus said it. Okay, you could be, I, I don't, I just know that know thyself is the most important thing. And that's the, like you said, understanding the I. Mm. The I is not your, your avatar, your, your mm. spacesuit. It's, it's your, yeah. the I is your God self, your, your divine God self, because that you are a holographic aspect of God, all that is. Holographic means you are all of God in a drop. Just like Rumi said, you're not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. So we each are all of God in a drop. So when we know that, that's the I. So know thyself is the first thing, to know who you are. And then when you say the I, mm. you understand. I think what Jesus said was, uh, be true to yourself and you cannot be false to anybody. True. Very because true. everybody is you. <laughs> exactly. And that's why Jesus said, uh, love your neighbor as yourself and everybody is your neighbor. But he also said, love your neighbor as yourself because he knew that your neighbor was yourself yeah that's yes. beautiful yes yes well this I, that's what i put at the end of my uh my new book i said uh you know if you can't follow the teachings in this book if they're too complicated do what jesus said you know love god with all your heart all your mind all your soul yes. and love your neighbors yourself Yes. And that is too hard. Just go out and try to do something for somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. Um, show us the book you were about to show us. Uh, well, yeah, there's this one. Uh, 
I know, I got so many books here. I've written ten. Let me. That's okay. Book here. Oh yeah, here it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I showed you already the violet tar. I think that's yes. the one that I just quoted. Yes. And then there's a. This is a fun book. This is one. When people start to read this, they can't put it down. It's called "It Is What It Is." Ah, I love that. Those are like short it stories. Is what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is. This is like Saint Germain's little joke with me. There yes. it is. Yes, yes. You know, like we think mastery is I do everything perfectly the way I think it should be done. You right. know, that's the monkey mind. Work out that way. Right. Sometimes you know you did something. It's too late to correct it, and you go right. well. It is, there's a mastery in that. That's like breathe in, breathe out, and let it go. You yes, know? exactly. So these short stories, things have been happening in my life, mm-hmm. you know, on the path. So they're kind of adventure stories on the path to enlightenment and mastery. Right. And if people want to know more about um, I Am Affirmations, there's this book. Uh-huh. I am affirmations and the secret of their effective use. So, oh, love you know, that. My, if you want to know my website, all they're excerpts. Yes, I was just about to ask you yeah. that. Please share how our listeners can reach you, please. <laughs> okay, well, it's IamTeachings.com, and there those words are separated by hyphens. So, I okay. am hyphen teachings hyphen.com. Yes, very true. So, there's they can reach me and also. Uh, they're excerpts of all of my books, and you can download some of them, some of them cheaply, like PDFs. And there's also audio books, you know, mm. audible. Yes, um, very good. So people can listen while they're driving to work. Yes, with the audio books. Yeah, Saint Germain keeps pushing me, Peter. I got another book for you, you know, and it's kind of funny. Ah, no, that's it's, great. Look, I saw him recently in physical form. Okay. He's got, the masters have tremendous sense of humor. People think of them serious, you know, judging us, but they don't, first of all, they don't judge us. Right. And they think it's hysterical what's going, I mean, the things that we do, they, they just have great sense of humor. Like yes. that yeah. book, I, it is what it is. Every time I sit down to write, I think of a new title for it. I didn't uh-huh. like the title. Right. I mean, I had about literally, a dozen different titles for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it came down to publication, and I was at this cafe, uh, Seven Sons Cafe here in Mount Shasta, and I was talking to someone, and um, you know, I got again some other title for it. I walked out into the street. This young guy walks by, then he turns around, looks at me, and says, "It is what it is." Mm-hmm. And then he walked on, and I said, "Was I turned to say goodbye to the person that was leaving that I've been talking to?" Then right. I turned back. There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, that was it. Peter. Go back to the original title. It is what it is. You know? I love that. I love that because it is what it is. Is the non-judgment. Exactly. Like, I'm not judging it good or evil. It is what it is. It's the isness. The isness exactly. Yes. You got yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very true. This has been wonderful, Peter. And actually, I was recommended by one of my um, listeners to invite you. Um, oh, he, he sent me. He sent me your your link, and I checked it out, and I said yes. So I, I'm so grateful for Thanks. my listeners because they they will put me on to someone I haven't heard of, and I 
have him on the show. Well, so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so been much. Great. This has been wonderful. Maybe I can even, whenever I get to the West Coast, um, I'm actually going to the San Francisco area in November. Are huh. you, well, how far is Mount Shasta from there? Well, it's about a five hour drive. Okay. That's, <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Be, I just, I don't know too much about the Northwest at all. I know I'm, I'm going to visit someone in the Oakland area um, um, mid November. So, oh. uh, yeah. So Mount Shasta is, where is that located now? It's almost in Oregon. Okay. But it's on I-5, that's the main freeway, you know, but we're just like 40 miles south of the Oregon border. Okay, so you are in, it, that, so that means you're in California. Yeah, still California. Northern California. Northern, yeah. See, they call San Francisco Northern California, but it's way south of here. Okay, so uh, San Francisco must be mid-California then. Yeah, I think mid-California. Okay. I got, you know what? I got to look at my map now, especially since I'm going. I've only been to L.A. once, and I was invited to L.A. by my guest, um, Michael Beckwith. Reverend oh, Michael yeah, Beckwith. Yes, yes, yes. He invited me. He inspires me. a lot of people. You know, there's some people who say they couldn't live in L.A. without him, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, I've only been, that's the only time, one time, it was the spring of 2015, I was invited to go to their um, Revelation, um, uh, Revelation event in 2015. And so it was the only time I've been on, on the West Coast, actually. So me going to I San think Francisco. the masters want you to come to Mount Shasta. I think so too. They so. have a, they have healing temples here. Uh huh. I knew a woman lived in New York City. She taught classical Indian dance, and she told me she um, had a dream where she was taken into inside a mountain, and there was a master with a turban for two days. The dream continued. You know, like. It, it picked up the second night where it left off oh, the first. Wow. And he was teaching her. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the second night, he took her back to the entrance uh, to, of the mountain. And he waved his hand, show her the, the surroundings, you know. Well, years later, she came to visit me. And I took her up on the mountain. And she said, this is exactly what I saw in the dream. This is the mountain where I was taken. Wow. Amazing. Wow. I, I definitely, I want yeah. to travel more and especially in the U.S. because I'm, I'm not very well traveled. So oh, wow. I definitely yeah. would love to come to Mount. Yeah, bring Michael up. There's a lot of people love him up here. Tell, just get in the car, you know, and you'll have a fun trip, you know? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. I'm going to let you go. And because uh, I have a piano lesson to teach in a few minutes, but it's all good. This has been amazing, Peter. And we will stay in touch. Okay. And I'll let you know when I'm coming out that way. Please do, Carol. I will. Okay. okay. Bye -bye. Thank you. Namaste. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.